What's up, Hawklings? Today, for you, we have an interesting episode. We have the talented, the rumored, the hailed, the producer, Pax and Para. Yo, yo. What up, guys? And as always, I'm Tony. Hello, I'm Sean. I thought we were interviewing Paz, and I almost didn't want to do this. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's not I Paz mean, and Para. It's Pax and Para. This is a yeah. Paz and Para uh, close collab. Close to each other on the keyboards, so. <laughs> uh, this interview is brought to you by Taco Bell and shitty tweets on Facebook. Shitty Honestly, tweets on Facebook. Taco Bell is getting a fat thumbs down for me lately because of the, uh, I don't know, I used to always feed the... Doritos Locos Tacos, the Cool Ranch, oh, and then the, the Cool the Ranch, side. and they got rid of the. Like, the that wasn't the very cool one. of them. That was like the uncoolest thing they could have done. But I don't know. It was just weird because I don't get it. I'm like, why do you just have the the cheese one? Someone posted the volcano taco menu the other day, and I was so nostalgic. That was like 11 years ago that came out. Never um, brought it you, back. Have you guys tried the? Um, Jack in the Box mini tacos. Of course. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. I tried ordering just normal ones a while, like a few weeks ago with some buddies, and for some reason they only had the mini ones, but they actually slap. Yeah, the mini ones slap. They're like the 7-Eleven mini tacos. I haven't tried those, but... <laughs> I highly recommend. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. All right. Well, Mr. Impera, uh, we got a lot of things to talk about today. Um, we have a new track coming out soon. Um, what can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, it's coming out. Check the 28th. Um, and yeah, it's hype. I wrote that song like um, right when I got back from last, the last Snow Globe 2020. Um, and yeah, I was literally like, we were still at the festival, just like going through set sort of. And then um, we stayed till the end of the night after. And then when we got back to the house, I kind of was like, as we were walking back, I kind of was like singing out the progression of it. And I was like, we're like humming it. And then I just like vo- put in my voice memos. And then um, when we got back to the house, I pretty much wrote out like the main like, baseline on my like laptop and then when i got back home that weekend i like finished up the track in like a few days so hyped on it because it's yeah just hype energy and it's now that shows are coming back i feel like more people can kind of resonate with it for sure i mean it, it is definitely a track that satisfies me listening to it like in the car at home but it's definitely a song that when i hear come through some good old pks or functions i'm gonna like definitely throw my drink that was like 20 bucks yeah yeah that's that's like how honestly a lot of some of the tracks that i'm writing are but for sure throughout covid i wrote a few more tracks that were more kind of you could drive to you know kind of more vibe too but um those will be a little bit down the line isn't um i don't know much about the new song is it like a house song no it's 
It's definitely more like dubby. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, kind of like free for me on the second drop. But yeah, no, it's it's yeah. more classic packs. Yeah, I, I put out a more housey kind of uh, remix on Audius pretty recently just for fun. Because yeah, that was something yeah i just wrote out during covid um some of my like it's the intro song of the longest yard if you guys have seen that movie the adam sandler <laughs> oh yeah so like yeah we'd always like w- like we just watched that get faded and watch that movie and i was like one of my buddies like dude you need to edit this song i was like honestly this song kind of slaps so started that and then after a month i was like all right i think it's actually like a remix but yeah i couldn't couldn't get it cleared and so is that so if something like doesn't get cleared like that instead of posting it to soundcloud now you post it to audius in hopes that in a sense you I mean, earn money off of it i mean not per se it was more so um my manager well, no, yeah. but yeah kind of i mean a lot of i feel like a lot of artists are doing that and even then even if it's not i mean a lot of people are just doing it with just original music um but yeah i just kind of wanted to like put it out to the public somehow um and one of my managers mentioned um that one of her friends has like works with audius and she's like we should try to do like an audius exclusive i was like actually i'm pretty down i just never really looked into that but yeah i got a little bit more into the platform it's pretty cool so definitely pretty down to put out some more music on there is that the only one you put on audius so far i put out a few other ones that were like already on the PAX project. Um, but that was the only one that's like only on Audius. Yeah, I was, I was like thinking because, you know, you have your SoundCloud, which is, you know, a lot of a lot of remixes and edits you can find on SoundCloud, but there are so many different edits and remixes on Audius nowadays. And I'm wondering if Audius is going to become overcome SoundCloud at one point. It's going to be an interesting thing to I see think I think it's just, dude, it's just in the sense of, like, also, even SoundCloud, I feel like when we all started feeding SoundCloud, what, fuck, it's getting close to, like, 10 years ago, but no, like, probably, like, yeah, eight-ish years ago, I feel like it was a bit easier to find, you know what I mean, those, whatever, those low-key bangers that people didn't really, like, you know what I mean, they weren't really popular or whatever, um and then obviously it got to the point where it just got like the platform just has a lot more onto it but i still think obviously you could find a bunch of good music that's just on soundcloud or whatever maybe but just the fact that it's a smaller catalog it's just a little like you could keep up with it right now you know you can kind of like if you're active on the platform you could definitely keep up with like almost all the music that's being dropped on it um not all but like whatever a good amount of like the stuff that you're following you know yeah it reminds me a lot of the napster versus limewire situation yeah. like when we were way younger because yeah, napster think... had like people on their team that they paid to like go through uploads and like get rid of like bad sounding uploads or like like terrible like cell phone recordings of songs and stuff like that and like limewire was like give us all your cell phone recordings we love them <laughs> yeah they're like the more downloads the better yeah so that's what kind of strikes me as like soundcloud now is like 
I mean, it always has been like you just basically post whatever the hell you want. Yeah, they've definitely um, gotten a little tighter on their like yeah copyright oh, yeah. stuff, but since like SoundCloud Go Plus and all that. Yeah, like even I think there was a I was putting out like my Saber Two Three mix for um, Tiger Drool and. When I posted it on my page, it got like a audio detection of like it said um, copyrighted for being um, Tiger Drool Sabertooth Pax and Para remix. I'm like, whoa, it is. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I messaged them. I was like, it is my remix and I got it cleared. So I had to post it and then they put it back up. I was like, thanks, guys. But I guess they're doing at least they're trying something on that end. It's just SoundCloud has been more of like you find your different sounds in each song and like nope you can't post that. Yeah, it's slowly getting. I don't know. I feel like it, SoundCloud for sure has been on a downfall for a few years, but again, yeah, you could still find bangers there. Yeah, well, what's up, bagging on SoundCloud? They're doing yeah. their best. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah, they're doing. I'm sure. Great. I'm sure they're trying their their hardest. Um, but. I need to find out more about Pax Impera, and so we're going to go back to the beginning of Pax Impera. And you already know what this question is going to be. It's about the Flume remix. Um, I mean, it's hella popular. Uh, definitely helped put your name on the map uh, at an early age. But I don't want to just, like, know, like, oh, like, what did that song do for you? Because, like, I know what it did for you. It, like, brought you here. Like, how did that happen? Like, did you just, like... Like, I want to know the first time you heard Insane and you were like, damn, this is dope. Or, like, did you immediately know, like, I'm going to try to, like, fuck with this song a little bit and, like, put my own flavor on it? Or did you reach out to Flume's team and get Harley's permission? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I, like... I love that you said that because... Yeah, I still remember it was June eighth, twenty eighteen, is when we posted that, and I, yeah, it was like the first official track that I finished in a sense where I was very like in my head confident that I like really liked how it sounded, and I wasn't like just oh I finished a song on Ableton and I'm stoked because that was like a year and a half two years into produce like learning producing um i was still in college and i like when i last two years of high school i started like mixing music and then when i got into college i was like all right i kind of want to like start learning how to just make it so i just fiended youtube videos and a bunch of stuff and just slowly taught myself production and i'm still learning stuff every day obviously but um yeah, it was that was the first track where I was like, all right, I'm stoked. I am satisfied with it. I want people to actually hear my music. And then, yeah, after that one, it just kind of spiraled into the like, gave me the confidence that I was like, I thought it sounded good, but I'm glad other people resonated with it and like actually wanted to hear it. <laughs> and it was just seeing the response of like, wow, I could actually put my music out there and people want to hear it and whatever. So it was just, it fueled for sure a bunch of creativity and just motivation and inspiration to just keep putting out what I thought sounded cool, you know? 
I think yeah. it still sounds cool. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. That kind of um, writing is for sure some of my favorite because, like we were talking about briefly before, um, obviously we have tracks that are going to be just played out live, and you know they are not made to be played out live, but you know in a live setting they're going to hit a little different. But I kind of feel like those sort of more flowy kind of bassy tracks where it's you could kind of drive to it you could take a jog to it it's not you don't have to be on the railing or getting just subs blasted through your body to kind of vibe with it you know so definitely we'll be putting out more kind of blowy packs where it's still has the vibe and still has the like grit that you kind of crave but yeah in like more, in a more calm setting what you're describing is exactly what you put out on Subsidia to me. Like that song embodies everything you just said. Like that flowy Pax and Paris signature sound, but like with the grit of like bass with bass, but like Yeah. You, you definitely 100%. hear that Zed's dead influence in it. Yeah, that, and like, even, that, even like, that space track... is bending, time is crunching. Yeah. And even that track was like a very different writing process from like the first few PAX originals in the sense of like it was kind of during COVID and it was like it kind of came more of like from a sense of like instead of like at first a few were like oh I'm like I mean I was playing just shows and I was out there and it was nice and seeing the response from the crowd obviously I wanted to just write harder tracks and I'd get an idea I'd be like okay this BPM this kind of vibe would just hit whatever write it and feel good about it but when we just weren't playing shows and we we're just not going out and just overall besides shows just life-wise and just not going to the gym not seeing friends not going out not doing anything kind of like made you want to write a song called bliss not even that just kind of <laughs> let it just kind of like also redirected in the sense of like what was making me happy in the sense of writing you know because at the end of the day we're we're all I think we should all be writing like what makes us happy, what fuels us, what like kind of you're done writing and you're like, all right, I'm, I feel really good. I'm happy. I just did that. Um, and obviously like there's going to be times where you're just super stoked to write just heavy bass music. But I feel like there's also times where it's nice to not force per se. I'm going to go in, in the mindset of like, ah, I'm going to write something hard today and just write something hard. I feel like if, you kind of have another whatever emotion or inspiration kind of triggers you just flowing with it. I feel like it was something I'd tried the past like year and a half. And I feel like I wrote some stuff that I never thought I would or never like would like have sat down and been like, all right, I'm going to write something like this. But I feel like it's kind of sick because listening back to it, you're kind of like, all right, like you said, you could kind of feel where the baseline like packs kind of like vibe is but fully different like emotional kind of like feeling or like story if that makes sense yeah it does um i mean did you start crying when you started making this song <laughs> <laughs> um i mean I, not I mean, crying but honestly bliss that one yeah that that chord progression initially it was like it there was some like yeah family um just like family hardships kind of going through in a sense of like just like older health 
wise stuff. And I definitely was kind of feeling more down and just not really like, oh, I'm going to go right fucking oh, like a hard banger today. So I was definitely more on the calm side and just wanted to write music. And I just always just feel better writing music. So I sat and then I was just vibing and it started with that main, that piano progression prior to the drop. And then that pretty much started the whole song. I just had that and I was like, All right, I'm just going to keep building off of this. Um, and I feel like that's why the track kind of, it just feels layered kind of effortlessly in the sense of like, it all kind of like came together nicely and pretty quickly. And it was, like I said, it was just different. So I was just not like, oh, I need to go, I need to write like this. You know, I just wrote it out and I was like, all right, it's different for sure. But I emotionally kind of like vibed with it and I was like. I feel like other people might so and so did you have it like all made and like done and like pressed ready to ship and is that when subsidia hit you up or like did you start writing it after subsidia reached out it was um yeah it started with just pretty much that progression and then now i mean it was it was fundamentally a full track and um yeah we had been in contact with subsidia and they heard some tracks and they they liked that one on like the vibe your side uh we were already signed loud with them so um we were already kind of in talk so um they showed interest in it and i know they yeah because you think like subsidia you think excision you think pax and para uh you think they're like reaching out to you for like some main stage fucking yeah. dubstep anthem but and, i feel like and I, you're I, like I kinda, yo here's here's bliss guys yeah. and they're like yo this is pretty yeah and that's why i was hyped too in that sense because yeah they heard loud they heard it like they heard him before but i knew they kind of were going for a different vibe with that kind of collection so i, I kind of yeah. liked that too because i feel like a lot of producers are on the same boat um of that sense of throughout whatever the past year and some time that it was just writing harder stuff wasn't as natural as it was like before any of this happened you know so i feel like a lot of people dove into other kind of vibes you know so don't think i I think i i always i'm all for it honestly i love when even different artists that i fuck with put out stuff that isn't as not per se like what they always put out, you know what I mean? If I could still like hear their artistry in it and it's a different kind of vibe, I could just listen to it in a different setting, you know what I mean? Which I love. Yeah. And like, as you were saying about Excision, like he divided this up into, you know, you have your three different uh, identities of like, you're weird, you're headbanging and you're emotional and like... Did excision excision cried too during this song like damn but like still <laughs> it's it's just I've I feel like the underground has been put more into the forefront and it's not just excision it's more of these artists that we've definitely been accustomed to since 2015 2016 and it it's it's grown to you know us listening to the homies uh, get up there and get on stage and it, it lost lands this year 
obviously we've I've known some artists that have been on stage and it's been it's been so like wholesome to just see all these people who are friends not bringing each other down but keeping pushing each other up as well 100 percent. i feel like yeah I, I feel like that's not always but i mean for good from as long as i've known the edm scene i feel like that's always been a thing that like we all kind of like motivate each other to like do better is a sense of like a competition of like oh, i want to be better than you or you know what i mean this or that like any anyone that i've met in the edm game has been pretty respectful and like just like not hot-headed if that makes sense yeah no that's understandable um although we're gonna transition from lost lands to a festival that you've played a couple times in the past and i'm gonna talk about snow globe um you that's your where you got your big like a big break, I guess, into the festival scene because after that you played Ubby Dubby and then uh, Dead Beats was on with you. But how was walking into Snow Globe into this? You never, you don't know this environment. It's all snow. It's it's way different than your summer music festivals. You're literally in freezing temperatures. I think. Yeah, it's. It's the first year that I played, it wasn't as cold. Um, but yeah, the second year I played, it was definitely colder. But yeah, it was it was a super insane experience, honestly. I was still in college and I got the offer late. I got added to the lineup, um, I think like a month and a half, two months before. So it was just super surreal to me because, I mean, I was still just going to shows and I mean, I had seen, like, Zed's Dead at whatever Hard Summer, probably, like, two years before that or a year before that. Um, so I was still very, like, had no idea about what the scene was. So it was definitely a lot to take in. But, yeah, after the set, I for sure just was so fueled and just didn't really look at, not look at things the same, but I just sort of, like, stop just taking making music for granted and sort of like felt more like it was like a not obligation but like yeah it felt more like of a calling kind of thing as opposed to like oh this is just a hobby and I'm I'm just gonna do it like and see what happens and then it became like I don't even know if I'm gonna focus on my business degree as much I still ended up graduating and getting a business degree at Chapman but I I don't know. I just knew that music was what made me happier. So that's what I started focusing on. And yeah, you say that it's like a turning point in your music career. For sure. In the sense of like mindset, like I was working at a restaurant at the time and loved it, loved my coworkers. It was great for, I was working there for like two years, but then it got to the point where um, my manager at the restaurant, I was like, trying to be reasonable I was like I got an offer for a festival and he was an interesting guy but he ended up saying something along the lines of I'm running a business not like trying to help your like dreams come true or something and I was like all right this guy's toxic like so I ended up leaving the restaurant and like I loved everyone at the place like the guy was just kind of 
a little off or I don't know what it was, but I was just like good riddance, whatever. And after that, I sort of just dialed into music and was just like whatever free time I had was on music. Like I wouldn't. And even then when I worked at the restaurant, I'd come back home after shifts, get home at midnight and smoke a bowl and work on music till like 4 a.m., whatever it was, because I just didn't have to be up crazy early or whatever it was. Um, but then afterwards, it got to the point where I was like, all right, this is like actually what I want to do for life. So I was just thinking of it more of like an everyday job as opposed to like the hobby that I could stuff in after my shift, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I were you, I would have definitely gotten the snow from snow globe, made some snowballs and just fucking pegged the manager at that point. Like, I mean, yeah. When I got back and eventually went back in, all my other coworkers were super hyped. And even, even he was like, congratulations, blah, blah, blah things. So like, it wasn't, anything gnarly but it was just yeah it, it came to its expiration day and then it kind of was just eye-opening because i was like whatever if i want to actually take myself seriously and take this project where i think it deserves to go then i can't be certain like be in that mindset or around people that like think or act like that you know so yeah we're only we only support the homies in this house if you uh, can't get with it, can't get with the program, then you can get the fuck out of the way. We're all here to help each other out. Exactly. That's true. Um. All right, so you brought up Deadbeats earlier, and Zed's Dead. That is a big part for me, because that is when I really fell in love with you. Um. Uh, I want to know more about the process of making Sound of the Underground Remix. So... um. I was talking to Harrison and we were talking about whatever, getting on a remix for the album. And he was like, whatever, like pick whatever song you want or like top three, Alex and stems, whatever it may be. And I kept listening through them. And again, just being a very like subjective person of like my music. Um, I, I sort of was just like, I don't know, some tracks I was like, I feel like just Zed's Dead has done their thing on it and I just love it fully and I felt like, not like disrespectful, but I was like, I, I can't remix that. Like, I feel like I just, I didn't even have like much of it, like ideas for it. And then like, I kept listening through the album more and more and because it had been probably like, it was a bit since it came out. So I was just like refreshing sort of. And then I heard Dead of Night and right away I was like, Oh, like the intro. I was like, oh god, I still remember like the progression of the intro from like when the album first dropped. I was like, all right, yeah. And then I just asked Harrison to send the stems for that one, and pretty much wrote out that first drop in probably like two, three hours. And then I just whatever the second drop was, just like the second half of the first. But I always like to write like I'll usually write my first drop, and then the second I like to like for people who actually will like listen to the song as a whole, I like to make it like kind of like complete the idea of the first, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's like yeah. something that I really like in your songs. It's like, 
if you like piece together the drop i mean i never thought about it this way but like i always thought like the drops just sounded like they could have like been continuous and i need to correct myself because i don't know what i've been smoking i mean it's definitely weed but like it must have been really strong because i wrote down sound of underground remix like two times in two different notepads and i and i know for a fact it's dead at night like i'm i i thought you like screamed when they played it at dead rocks and like grabbed my phone out and threw it in the air I thought your mic like cut a little, so I just heard uh, that's dead, dead be singing, then I heard thing remix. I was like, okay, I think he said dead of night. No, I straight up said the sound of the underground. I'm a fake fan. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, like, when did, yeah. like, how, where did the idea come to randomly just put in the Migo sample? <laughs> uh, the me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just pretty much just to get their name into it. But wait, the Migo sample in what sense though? No, he goes raindrop. Um, no, he says ganja. No way. <laughs> it says gan- ganja. So it oh goes, my god. It goes, it's dead. Ganja. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm it's so just a sam- it's some sample of some Rasta man saying ganja. Oh my and then, god. And then at the end of the song, it goes packs him and then it kills it out. But yeah, no, it, it goes, it's dead. Dude. Ga- ganja. And then just <laughs> Dude, I thought you had a Migo sample in this for like over nah, a year. Nah. Oh, Zed's really? dead. Raindrop. Yeah, it sounds like raindrop. <laughs> yeah, Drop no, that. That would have been that would have been a problem on the official remix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, Migos is very well known for just those one headers and like. And I use the the one of the ones. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, you can't oh, do that. Shit. You can't do that's, that. That's untouchable. But no, it's why I'm not a manager. It's ganja. I wouldn't have even thought about that. They would have been like, oh, dope. They're like Migos. Yeah, they're, they're in right now, right? Throw that in there. <laughs> 911, we have an emergency. Uh, they stole Migos. They and stole all of them. And it's they out. Steal one of them, all of them. I would steal Offset though, to be honest. I like Offset the best. I'm Offset just seems like he'd just like sit and chill with me. Yeah, that's that's why. I, feel like I don't want to like get pressured into bottle service. <laughs> yeah. Um, they all have their charm. Yeah. Oh, they do. They definitely do. It's just I feel like Offset's definitely like the one that's just more chill. Chill for sure. Um, anyways, this isn't about Offset, though. Um, I, I want to talk about, um, way before you became Pax Impera, and that's your project as Divinity. We, we don't really, I don't really know much about it. All I saw was a video of, uh, Chandler Riggs, um, the guy from, Carl from Walking Dead playing out one of the songs. I was like, this is pretty good. And then he never played, he never DJed again. And then it was one of your songs and you reposted it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, can you tell us more about that project? Yeah, that was, um, I mean, that's, that's what PAX was before. It was just the name of the project was Divinity at the time. And then just like overall, just it was still early in the project. We, I only had, uh, Broken Soul was the song that you're talking about. You saw Chandler Riggs. His project's called um, Eclipse. Was yeah. his like um, music project? But yeah, I think he was playing that out. We were taught. We were like DMing for a bit, 
just music wise um, back then. But yeah, no, I started working with a management team um, a few months after and we just decided changing the name would be a smarter move. And it was still early into the project, so I don't think too many people really noticed it. And so was the name like a play on Divinity from Porter or was it just like your own like your own thing? It wasn't. No, I mean, I'm that. I'm definitely a Porter fanboy, but it wasn't it wasn't really a play on that. If anything, the fact that that was a Porter song, I kind of was like, like, if I sort of didn't want to have that be like correlated, you know, not like correlated like that, but in the sense of like, you just don't want to seem like you're like piggy trying to piggyback ripping Porter. Yeah, like. Uh, not anything but yeah i i sort of like more and more like getting into like just learning just being more of an artist as a whole of like a project like i just feel like obviously we're all get we all get inspired by different artists and different time frames etc but yeah i feel like when when someone pioneers and does something as good as that it's you gotta have respect you know no, I agree. And, you know, uh, just like to going really quickly off celebrity DJs, um, did did you ever watch The Walking Dead before? Um, Honestly, it's, it's like foul because no. And like everyone was what? like, exactly. Everyone tells they're like, dude, how have you not seen? I'm like, I, Man, I didn't that. watch it either. I kept falling asleep. I just I never even started it. So like nothing. I. Like I'm, I'm down to start it. Like I probably should soon. I honestly don't even. I've been, I just finished binging Money Heist and whatever. It's been popping on Netflix, but I need something nice to just binge on my recharges. But no, I literally haven't. So I was just like, oh hell yeah, Chandler. Like this guy just seems sick as fuck. And I knew obviously of the show, but my friends are like, dude, like that's Carl. Like that's Carl. Like, yeah. No, I mean it's only good for like four seasons. And then you stop watching it. It's tough though. Fuck. I mean, if they do four seasons, good. Someone's, someone's doing something right. I mean, they have another series, and they're gonna make. They're probably gonna make some more because you know that's printing money for them. Yeah. Um, the brand. Yeah. And like, you, that what year was that? Is that early twenty eighteen? That was uh summer twenty eighteen. Um, it was, I want to say, Insane Remix was June, so that was probably July-ish. Um, may have been around August, but yeah, it was, it was in the summer of 2018. So you're transitioning into being PAX in Pure full-time. Uh, that, yeah, that was, yeah, summer. Like, summer, I mean, like, towards the end of the summer is when it, the name switched fully to PAX. And that's when um, I dropped Deadbeat, or I'm sorry, I dropped Paranoia on Deadbeats uh, February 2019. Mm, okay just fired too <laughs> thank you but that's the thing like that even that track is more so on the like writing sense of the insane remix sort of where it's more kind of like there's kind of the energy the bass for sure but it's for sure more flowy you know what i mean kind of like not just baseline baseline high frequency on top of baseline you know which obviously they're like i I love tracks like that here and there, but I don't know. I just love just more flowy, flowy bass music. We love flowy bass music. 
It's just shout like, out Dirt Monkey. Dirt Monkey. Big shout out Dirt Monkey. Tell me a flu- tell me a more fluid set. Yeah, oh, actually, that's God. everything sounds it. wet. Very wet mix. All right, so I got a question here for you. And it's about this boat tour company that you're running with your mom right now. And I want to yeah. know what it's called, where you guys go, and what all you do for it. It's, um, no, it's like, just like a, it was like a summer thing. Me and my mom did. She got a boat pretty early on. And then, um, I found this app that like, you can like rent out the boat or like be like a captain drive around for people. So I don't know. We just, I threw up an advertisement on it and we do it in Newport in California. So it's fun. It's just like a way to get off get out into the water here and there and just honestly yeah throughout COVID I was just just working on music for just hours on hours on hours just needed somewhat of an excuse to get out of the house so it was a nice little side project but um yeah definitely trying to gear back more into music now that things are coming back but what you're saying is this was an uber for boats pretty much yeah it's sick <laughs> I think the the app will start getting big pretty soon, but yeah, it just started. Um, I think the app just started like, I want to say like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, but it's literally like an Airbnb for boats. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. as long as that business is staying afloat. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, pun, pun intended. Sorry for the dad joke right in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. We needed one at least. We need one. Um... I want to talk to you about gaming as well. I know I've heard you're an avid gamer. I'm not avid. I used to, I gamed heavy, like in high school, like um, obviously middle school, all the COD days. But I mean, yeah, I definitely still love playing COD here and there. Um, I actually was playing, I really like zombies. Um, I don't know if you guys ever got into that, but I'll World play zombies. Uh, World at War, I like Black Ops a ton because that was I was like in seventh or eighth grade when Black Ops came out, and I was just oh, I went to that midnight release, baby. Oh yeah, me too. Then go to school the next day. I was sick the next day. Yeah, I was so sick the next day. I had terrible. And then the second my mom left to work, just headset on, fiending. But yeah, for sure, I you like see who else stayed home. You're like, what's up? Oh, no, we we. <laughs> We planned, we planned who was staying home because we all got sick at the release, but no, no yeah, yeah I mean, but like you never know, like the, there's always like the one where it's yeah. like his mom was like, you're not sick, you're going to yeah. school, and he's like, but mom, I'm so sick. 100%. That was definitely no, my parents. They're like, no, don't cut the shit, we know. But yeah, I mean, I'll, it's like, I just like honestly here and there to just whatever, just I've been there's another game called Pummel Party. It's like Mario Party on uh Oh, I've heard about that. It's pretty fun. It's just like on PC. It's literally Mario Party, but you just play with your friends. I mean, I just like to play with some homies at the end of like whatever, end of the night, nine, ten, whatever, after I'm done producing eating. Um, just to kind of wind down. Um, watching shows and shit is also kind of nice to just get your mind off things. But um yeah, I went like a while where even like after working on music and eating dinner and whatever all day, I would like 
just watch more YouTube videos on music and just different things. And I still do that here and there, but I feel like it's nice to just mentally kind of turn off and just get into whatever, another realm that sort of like made you happy when you were still young and not like in the complications of life, you know? So, but no, I'm not definitely not putting in hours, but yeah, I'll try to get like an hour or two in like a, throughout the week uh, and just like talk to some homies on discord and run up whatever. No, oh, yeah. I mean, you honestly do need some, like, especially during the winter time, you need some kind of layback and just, you want to yeah. just chill, but you want to stay inside. And definitely nice on like on a Sunday or something where you're just like, I definitely taking a break from music today, but like, I don't want to go out and don't want to drink. Don't want to do anything. You just get on with the boys game up. Yeah. Tony, stop being a photographer and play games with me. (laughs) I do both. I was on discord with Daryl and all of them last night for like three hours. And then I went and then I went to the show. Oh, well, too bad I only have a job from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m., so. I know. I'm going to have to get a job here soon. It's very depressing. Um, But we're going to talk about happier stuff and run it back to music for you, Pax. Um, Who would you say your top three inspirations are? Um, Porter... Probably RL and I'd say it's tough on that one because like inspo's on a harder side, I'd say like Zed's dead, but like just generally and just like when I was getting into EDM and just overall just loving music wise, I'd say zoo. Um, but yeah, for sure those would be like top three, four. But like I listen like I listen to zoo god knows how much just on shuffle and not not edm wise for sure tame impala is like my number one i got into them like sophomore year of high school and just like always have loved how he writes music sort of um yeah for sure like my lots of layers lots of layers and that's love the the layers love the layers and just like the seamlessness and that's what i love about zoo too just layers on like layers on layers but it's so seamless to the ear you know mm-hmm. um but yeah on the harder side or more bassy just live wise for sure um porter rl and zed's dead nice nice all right so do you feel like your music is shaped by these inspirations or do you feel like you're influenced and then like you kind of found your own sound or do you feel like when you listen to your stuff you're like oh i can hear like mixes of all of this um i don't i don't hear mixes of all of it because i've always like tried to stay away from like trying to like sound like someone per se um obviously when the first like year of putting tracks out mid-tempo is just definitely a thing um but even then like i love the tempo and there's a lot of aspects that i really love about it but i never even back then saw myself playing a full mid-tempo set um i feel like 
the reason why I liked it so much is because it has like, I don't know, there's parts when it, when you play it in a set, it just hits so different. But um, I kind of have always liked a blend of all. So I don't know, it's it's a trip to me to even think of it like that because I don't think per se one, any one of those artists is like, oh, like I write a lot like Porter Robinson or I write exactly like, like vibe wise sort of like energy kind of like that. Um, I think it's kind of what you said. Yeah, just kind of a mesh, like inspirationally, like um, and kind of just like what I feel like just sounds good to me, because like there's and like there, there'll be a certain point when I'm writing a track where I'm like, all right, it sounds good and I'm happy with it. And I think like this could be done and we'll, we could put it out. But until I hear that or it gets to that point, it's just it won't it won't be there. But now, obviously, it's thankfully it's getting to that point now where it'll just i'll sort of more have like an idea of where we want to go like just writing wise entering and then it'll veer for sure but at least the fundamental like inspiration will start from something you know because i feel like just when songs have once you finish hearing it you have like a a kind of feeling or an emotion or kind of like what you said with bliss like fully different but yeah you felt something that wasn't particularly the same of what you hear but like you could identify it as driving you in a sense i feel like that's always my goal i think you'd achieve it thank you man yeah Um, you always want to be like the first to do you're not like um the next michael jordan or the next uh whoever um whatever other athlete you're the only Pax and Pira and you know following your sound it's you know you have your own sound so no one can judge you off that thank you man yeah I try to I try to stay true to just what I think sounds good and at the end of the day yeah like I said I I always like especially those artists that are just pioneers I feel like I'll always if anything even if I write something and I'm kind of like oh fuck that kind of like, I kind of feel like that kind of sounds like X, Y, Z. I'll just kind of not crop it, but whatever. It was good. It was nice. I got to flow it out. But yeah, I don't like to step on toes on artistry, like with certain sounding vibes, because I just feel like it's it's ve- like some people have just made it very clear that that's kind of their sound. And it's almost like a lot of artists, different artists could for sure try to replicate things. But it's like, I don't know. They made the, that sound for a reason. It kills the artistry, yeah. And it's just, it, it's almost like if you can't, not like respect, but yeah, if you can't kind of respect that, like what it is in the sense of like artistry and just, it's not like, oh, it was just by chance. Like it's just, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, weird, I'm weird about stuff like that. But I mean, th- what you're saying is like the entire meaning and message behind nurture. Yeah, true. To me, like how I interpret it in like yeah. artistry and like being original and like 100%. And even like, then, even even Porter, like what he went and did first, he was rave EDM, dubsy, like hard DJ, just playing like Spitfire, Spitfire, all of that, and then fully changed the vibe. And I feel like that was like, and that, that's definitely for sure, like something that I can't wait to get to where it's the visual audio just seamlessness when you can sort of like it's like you're at the show but you're like watching 
the full-blown story you know um yeah i feel like those are the sets that like yeah we'll all go to a bunch of base sets and be like that was insane so sick whatever thing but when you can when you're literally just so entranced in what you're looking at hearing and feeling like all at once i feel like that is what makes like a great show not, not, not a perfect set but a very memorable set per se yeah, yeah it's like what people I mean? say about seven lions like you create yeah. this world and so that's been like a huge topic i feel like for artists lately is like how do i turn my you know thousands of soundcloud followers into people that want to escape to this realm that i create 100%. 100%. and like we see it being done on like so many different aspects like sun and death takes people to hell like said this guy like uplifts people into the clouds um and i love that because it's just it's nice because yeah that's where that's where the artistry kind of sign like shines and like where it's beyond music you know what i mean like zoo for example it's like yeah music obviously everything is so coherent there but it's like his aesthetic is like fashion and yeah you know what i mean it's college edm fashion week (laughs) and it's just yeah like it's not it's just it has its very own like just distinct taste you know and the I mean? stage set up when like when he has the live uh band with yeah. him and stuff it's just dope. but like when i was younger too getting into edm like first like few sets like seeing even it was like nightmare and like i've met him a few times tyler's a super fucking just mellow chill cool guy um well, nightmare in this house yeah he's super nice guy but like yeah, meeting him even, yeah, like, the first Snow Globe I played was, like, so eye-opening, because, like, I remember, like, 20, fuck, like, I want to say 14, maybe 15, but uh, me and somebody's like, we drove out from California to Rawhide, Arizona, and, like, it was, like, a, I want to say it was, like, Global Dance Festival, and it was, like, Marshmallow Nightmare, a few other people, but, like, on our way up to the rave, we were, like, who's Nightmare? And we literally were, like, looking him up on SoundCloud, and we're, like, all right, this guy's actually pretty sick. Like, let's go see Nightmare. Like, and then just whatever, a few years later, like, just seeing whatever, just his hard work kind of paying it off and just actually just being able to meet the guy just from going from front of the crowd to like having a conversation with him, you know, is just super eye opening and just very humbling, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's also definitely like one of the more humble like big timers yeah i mean i I haven't met like as crazy amount of big timers but for sure yeah like when i met him i could tell he was just he's just the dude doing his thing kind of nerdy dude that's kind of tall and makes good music and throws parties makes bangers and just does his thing yeah All right, I could talk about Nightmare all day, but I got I got to change the topic, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, um, so, you got one, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I just want to ask, going into the future, 2022 is like two months away, surprisingly. Um, what Do you have any challenges that you want to overcome within the next maybe few months, few years? Do you have anything that you want to succeed in any music you want to release or like at labels you want to release for more so uh kind of what we were talking about earlier um just i've been writing just a bunch of like just new music and yeah i just want to have a project 
probably I'm not sure how many songs it's going to be, but just kind of that meshes in the sense where there's going to be some harder tracks on it for sure, but it's not going to just all be just purely hard dubstep in that sense. And I just want them to all still flow where it's so seamless that it feels like they were almost all meant to like flow into each other, you know, sort of like we were talking about like for a second yeah. drop sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that's for sure a thing, but struggle wise, it's just not per se struggle. It's just when you're classifying genres and all, you know what I mean? I feel like it's to the point where, like we said, yeah, when you're not particularly like bound to anything, I feel like that's when like some of the best artistry can happen. So I don't know. I feel like it's more on like kind of like a fuck the genre kind of like mindset, but I don't know. It's you'll, you'll hear more of it soon. I'll send you guys kind of snippets. Dope. Um, Tony, you want to ask the next question? Yeah, we can start wrapping it up here soon. Um, my next question is what is there anything that you can hot drop on us uh that we should be looking forward to from Pax and Para in the near future or the far future? There will for sure be an EP coming out in the relatively near future and it's for sure like some of my favorite like hardest tracks that I've written so I'm super stoked to put those out and I think a lot of the like day one PAX fans will be super stoked on them too. Hell yeah. You got and so is it gonna be like a self-release or you got a cool label to release it? You don't have to name drop them but Yeah we're still we're still talking on that sense but we actually just started um kind of thinking about that so yeah, nothing in mind yet, but yeah, we'll know pretty soon. Sweet. And then, is there anywhere that people listening can look to catch you? Live. Live, we're going to know a bit more soon, too, probably by the end of this year. Um, but yeah, just if they follow all socials, they'll get updates of everything whenever we know. Alerts on. Yes, Alerts on. That bell always on for the homies. <laughs> I literally get Tony's tweets every day. That's <laughs> straight to my phone. That's nice. You're like, he's up awful early today. <laughs> or you just yeah. up really late today. Like last night. Yeah, you were up at 6 a.m. and I got a ping and I was like, oh, Tony's up. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Well, Sam, it's been a real pleasure. Is there anything that we missed? Anything that you were like, I just really need to talk about this with the boys. Honestly, no, I feel like we we got a, a good chat going. Perfect. I agree. Um, Sean, you want to ask him our parting question? Yes, of course. I mean, I ask this all the time. I love this question. Um, if you were stuck on an island, and it's not like, you know, bring three things. It's three sets that you listen to on that island what three sets would you listen to only and exclusively on the pax Imperial island um 
For sure. Halloween five. Just like whenever things are just tough on the island. Um and then I'd say Zoo has a circle set. I don't know if you guys have heard it. It's a set he did in Japan. I've heard it. Yeah, super sick set. Uh, that one, and then probably... Probably like a long, like... Porter set or something, like old porter set that i could just that's what i was waiting for close my eyes and just like chill to maybe like fall asleep to like the shelter tour finale at coachella yeah or um fuck what are the names um oh the bbc mix yeah i mean don't even get me started on the, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 chick's voice live in the mix oh my god <laughs> ABC the BBC radio. radio. BBC radio. Yeah, those were those were. I marry her right now. You're like, uh, you hear Sorry, her voice. Boy. You're like, that's you, right? She's like in the mix. You're like, oh fuck. Live from the <laughs> carnival. This is Diplo back to back. Dylan Francis. And I love how they say that. Like, I still remember. Yeah, like in high school, just hearing those sets, like. This like live EDC radio. This is Jows. I'm like, oh god, Jows. <laughs> I'm like, let's get it, Jows. This, this is Jows. Martin Garrix. Yeah. Good days. Right. Good days. Well, those are some satisfactory sets. I think that I would join you on the island if I had to. Hell yeah. I agree, especially for that Halloween five set. Yeah. God, I mean, all the that... Halloweens are just. Oh, they're yeah. so good. That one, like, I just, I just remember that one airplane. was like muscle memory. Like whenever one song would like end, you already knew it was coming. Like the oh, amount yeah. of times you listen to that one. Yep. All right, guys. All right, Sammy. Well, it was a pleasure, real pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Been really nice talking to you guys. Appreciate you stopping by. Shout out KD for uh, helping us all set this up. Um. Oh, yeah. Watch out for Pax and Pairs new release coming out at the end of the month. Uh, if you haven't heard his recent releases like Bliss on Subsidia and uh, Back to the Sound, uh, definitely go check those out. They're bangers. They'll make you mad. They'll make you sad. Um, but as always, this has just been such a great experience. My name is Tony. And I'm Sean. This has been a bomb-ass episode of Electric Talk. Thanks, guys.